Well, hello and welcome to another edition of Health Solutions with Sean and Janet Needham, where Team Needham discusses everything healthcare. I'm your host, Sean Needham, along with my wonderful wife, Janet, and we are streaming live from the Moses Lake Professional Pharmacy Studio as we do every Monday, 1230 to 1.30 Pacific Standard Time. So don't miss us on the Moses Lake Professional Pharmacy page and the my personal Facebook page. Also, catch us on all the podcast forums. So um, your favorite podcast forums, uh, subscribe to them and comment on them. Um, and don't miss an episode also YouTube so check us out on YouTube today you don't want to miss out on our show we have Jenny from Sidera Sidera Health is a health sharing program um, if you remember a couple weeks ago I, had, I interviewed Dr. Tony Dale who wrote a book called The Cure for Healthcare and he is the founder of Sidera and I was super excited that, to be able to interview him it was quite the honor and now we're going to get into more specifics about Sidera and health sharing in general. So that's why we have Ginny on the show today. And you do not want to miss out on this show. Why? Because we are going to give you an opportunity to be able to save up to $18,000 a year versus traditional health insurance. Let me say that again. Yes, save $12,000 to $18,000 a year versus traditional health insurance. My wife and I, we use a health sharing account. We love them. Um, it gives us a lot of freedom and liberty to choose our doctor, to choose um, what services we want to we want covered or we want to pay for. And um, it's, it's a wonderful opportunity for us. And we want to get the word out because we want people to know that there is something better than traditional health insurance. So, Jenny, welcome to our show. Thanks for having me. So tell us a little bit about health sharing in general. Tell us about the history of it, and then you can kind of go into how Sidera got into it. Absolutely. Well, first and foremost, thank you for inviting me to participate today. It's very difficult for me to follow in the footsteps of our founder and now CEO, Dr. Tony Dale. So um, apologies to the listeners if I uh, don't live up to the uh, expectations that they have. He is quite a phenomenal speaker and yes, has amazing vision. Um, but he's the reason I work for Sidera. Meeting Tony and understanding that he not only wanted to start a business, but start a movement, um, really attracted me to Sidera, to the concept of medical cost sharing. My history, my background, my professional career was on the other side of the equation. I spent time lobbying on behalf of um, physicians in the state of Texas, and then I actually spent 10 years with a traditional health insurance company. Interesting. And at the end of that decade, I walked away just totally um, demoralized, frustrated, um, a little cynical about life in general, but specifically about healthcare policy. Um, it felt like we spent 10 years just fighting about the dollar with no one really advocating on behalf of the patient. And um, when I got the call to go and visit with Dr. Tony Dale and to learn more about Sidera, I very politely declined and said, I am not interested in this whatsoever. I've been there, done that, and I've got the scars to uh, prove it. And I'm not interested in getting back into the health insurance debate. And um, a friend of mine prevailed upon me to at least entertain a meeting, and that meeting totally changed the trajectory of my career. And here I am six-ish years later um, and, you know, loving the concept of medical cost sharing, the growth um, that is experienced, the growth that Sidera specifically has experienced. And it's just so fun to introduce this new concept of direct care 
people helping people in the healthcare space to new audiences. Um, specifically, I work within the public affairs um, department at Federa. I'm the chief strategy officer, and what that means is I talk to regulators and policymakers and external audiences, people who are movement makers in this new direct care space, uh, introducing the concept of medical cost sharing and encouraging people to try something new. And it's a really exciting time to be part of this movement, as you well know, because um, you've already caught the bug. Um, there's a different way of looking at things. If the pandemic has taught us anything, it's that now is the time to reimagine, to rethink the status quo and potentially um, tying your healthcare to your place of employment in the midst of a global pandemic that resulted in just huge unemployment numbers is, is not great policy. And so it's really fun to kind of be at the forefront of rethinking um, and reimagining what healthcare can be. So Janet, what questions do you have for Jenny? Well, Jenny, I, I want to know what words he used to win you over because, you know, Sean and I know our story as to, you know, the aha moment looking in the mirror saying, I'm out. If this is the way it is, we got to do something different. So, so what won you over? Well, it was really simple. And it is the absolute core of what medical cost sharing is. This is not insurance. And that's what Tony said, because I had made a promise to myself that I was not going to go back into that space. I just wasn't persuaded that, again, um, there were mechanisms and corporations and systems and rewards in place that really reward that doctor-patient relationship, that direct care element, and that we had lost the concept of consumerism in healthcare, that when there's a third party who's paying for everything, people stop asking how much it costs, whether it's actually truly needed and shopping around for the best value, um, best quality. Um, I would love to say that it was more complicated than that. And he wooed me with these really big, you know, um, uh, ideas, but it was really as basic as this is not insurance. This is better. Let me tell you why. And I'm here to say that while I don't know that medical cost sharing is the best choice for everyone. And we at Federa encourage so much education and so much contemplation before joining a medical cost sharing community because you really truly do have to believe that this is the right choice for you because it does involve rolling up your sleeves and doing some additional work that maybe you're not used to having to do in the healthcare space. But it's, it is such a good option for so many people and it is truly creating a different value proposition when it comes to how you invest your dollars in your own personal health. It's changing the conversation. It's changing the incentives. And there's a really interesting and energetic growing community of um, people and companies who are propelling this vision of direct care and free market medicine forward. It's an exciting thing to be a part of. So tell us, why, what is health sharing and why is it better than traditional health insurance? So medical cost sharing, the way that Sidera practices it, is the voluntary coming together of a community of people, individuals by the ones or by the household, who voluntarily agree to a set of sharing guidelines that really spells out what the rules are for sharing, what's shareable, what's not shareable. And they voluntarily come together and they share each other's medical expenses. Um, we've all been heard it described as an intentional GoFundMe or crowdsourcing um, experience. 
there's you know a huge booming sharing economy out there right now. People have really um, taken the opportunity to again reimagine to rethink the way that we share our assets, whether that's sharing your car or your home or your skill set. And this is really that next generation of sharing liabilities. Also, there are roots in the Christian healthcare sharing ministry communities. There are legacy organizations out there that model what this sharing platform looks like. And Sidera and Dr. Dale specifically looked at that model and then built upon that sharing platform, brought a fintech-enabled sharing mechanism into the space to create secure and transparent sharing mechanism and have really elevated elevated it to a new level to allow anyone, regardless of their religious background, but anyone who shares the same ethical principles and beliefs to come together to share each other's medical expenses. It's a really different way of envisioning healthcare, of paying for it, and really in selecting and purchasing it as well. So I often, when I talk to people about health sharing, um, you know, people are skeptical for people that have been sure. on traditional health insurance for years. And believe me, I was skeptical before we went on it. Um, so what happens if somebody gets cancer? What happens if somebody has a heart attack? Tell us. I'm sure you have stories about that. Well, first and foremost, I'll say that not all medical cost-sharing organizations are created equal. There are quite a few different companies out there. That's what's so exciting about this space right now. It's becoming a very competitive industry. And so there are very different companies out there who bring different value props, different product memberships, different sharing what we call best practices um, to the conversation. And so first and foremost, I would encourage people to really do their research before they join a sharing community and ask some really fundamental questions about what the health of the community is, what their sharing guidelines look like, how do um, the sharing organizations educate their members, what type of support do they provide their members. At, at its crux, medical cost sharing should not look, feel, or sound like insurance because it's not. Right. And what we really strive to do is to help people think differently about their healthcare decision making. And in order to do that, they have to break a lot of bad habits. Right now, Americans are really well trained to walk into the doctor's office and put down a medical um an insurance identification card and just walk away from all the decision-making after that, right? That card is like somehow a magic path to not have to think about the type of care, the cost of care, how those cares can be paid for, whether it's in network or out of network, things of that nature. And Sidera doesn't use identification cards. It doesn't use networks. Um, it doesn't require prior authorization for healthcare. What it does is elevate the doctor-patient relationship and say that you as the member are going to retain total responsibility for your medical expenses. But you are going to be supported by a community who, again, have all signed off on the same sharing guidelines. If you share your same ethical principles and beliefs, you're going to be supported in your healthcare journey from by your community. And so it has to feel, look, and sound different. Um, and we really strive to make sure that those differences are clearly communicated on the front end and that they're reinforced at every turn. And then we really support members through this process because we know that, you know, forgetting that old vessel memory is not an easy thing and practicing healthcare consumerism is, is kind of new for a lot of folks. Um, as our chief growth officer, Jamie Lagarde, loves to say that all Americans are born with a superpower, and that is the ability to shop. We mm-hmm. are expert shoppers when it comes to, you know, everything that you purchase. 
except for healthcare. And so what we're trying to do is introduce those same shopping tools, that same strength, that same superpower into the healthcare shopping process. And we're really fortunate that we are on the cusp of a price transparency wave. Um, both the Trump administration and the Biden administration have doubled down on requirements for hospitals to make their prices transparent so consumers can have actionable information when they're shopping for their care. Um, and we're excited that more and more facilities and healthcare professionals are following suit and posting their prices, maybe in, even engaging in bundled pricing. So, you know, start to finish how much a outpatient procedure is going to cost you, and you can make really smart, educated decisions on the front end. This is very different than how the current status quo in healthcare works. Janet, question? So I'm I'm really excited to um, listen to the energy that you have, <laughs> but I also I also yes. have heard from clients and people, you know, skepticism. So I sure. guess the question um, that most folks have is what happens with the catastrophic event because mm -hmm. that's usually what people feel that insurance is is um, protecting them from which right. in my 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 experience is not always the case so what what happens when you have a catastrophic event with one of your members that is signed off on um, Sidera and their membership and how it works. What happens in that process? So while I can't speak for other sharing organizations, I can speak to the Sidera experience. And our sharing community has shared, I mean, you name it, we have shared in some of the largest and again, and most unpredictable catastrophic type health experiences that you could contemplate, whether that is a very complicated cancer diagnosis, um, a gunshot wound, a, a premature birth, things that are are scary when it comes to the high cost of receiving that medical care. And our community, the way that it is structured and the way that our sharing guidelines works, very specifically spells out exactly what happens if and when, and this has never happened to us before, but if there, for whatever reason, um, were circumstances where the sharing community was not able to be there for the full extent of um a different a medical experience, how we would prorate and how we would take care of that and then make someone whole after the fact. We've never had to go there, but as a community, we think it's really important that we tell people that we are there and we expect things to work this way, but we have a contingency plan if for whatever reason that doesn't happen. And you can go to our website and learn all about it. You can also read our member testimonials that will tell you just how seamlessly and flawlessly the sharing process has worked for them in those circumstances that they hope never will happen. Because to your point, insurance, the way we understand insurance in the property and casualty space, um, you know, insurance is not prepayment for the inevitable, the way it's become in healthcare. Insurance is designed to be there in those catastrophic cases, those situations that would bankrupt you otherwise. Insurance is something you hope you don't have to use. But in healthcare, it's come to mean something different. And right now, people are paying so much money, whether it's their premiums or their high deductibles or their co-pays or their co-insurance. Oftentimes, we hear that people are out $20,000, $25,000 before their insurance ever even kicks in to help with their medical expenses. I would offer up to you that a large majority of people, especially those who have high deductible health plans, are essentially 
uninsured cash pay patients in the sense that those dollars are their own and they need to be better equipped to stretch those dollars as far as possible and to make really wise investments with them. Um, Again, Subdera is all about educating the member before they join our community and then making sure that we support them through that process. And education is key to that. Information is key to that. And everything that you need to know about our community is on our website. And we would encourage anyone to come kick the tires um, and call us up, ask questions, and make sure that it's right for you. Because again, medical cost sharing works for many, but maybe not all. And you need to make that decision for yourself. That's part of thinking about the healthcare purchases that you're making. Well, I love what you're saying, Jenny, and I actually wrote a book about it. It's called Sickened, How the Government Ruined Healthcare and How to Fix It. And being a guest on our show, you'll get a, a free copy. I'll send you okay, um, after okay. the show. And the first, the first step in the solution, I have a six-step solution in Chapter 6. The first step of the solution is putting consumers in charge of their health again and not just being overall healthy, but putting them in charge of the financial piece of their health because they have to be in charge financially or we'll never fix the problem. And that's kind of what you're saying in, in some ways. And what you're also talking about is health shares might not be uh, right for everybody, but people need to have the liberty and the individual choice to make the, the best decisions for their own health. I couldn't agree more. And we talk about that third-party payer system that's kind of pulled the consumer out of the driver's seat when it comes to deciding which facility or which doctor they visit and how much it's going to cost. I spent an early part of my career as a lobbyist. And so I know firsthand how likely it is that people are going to order whatever the market rate meal is on the menu when they're not putting the bill for it, right? It's a temptation. And oftentimes we equate the cost of something with the quality of it. And usually that comparison makes sense. When you're shopping for cars, you expect a more expensive car to have more bells and whistles and to possibly be a better vehicle for you. Um, but in the healthcare space, we sometimes see an inverse relationship between yeah. cost and quality. The people who are the best at certain types of procedures are the ones who do it the more often and there's some efficiencies there. Maybe they can lower their prices. So Training people, again, how to shop for care, kind of reworking that muscle memory and helping them to value what's truly important in that decision-making process is a real challenge. Um, but it's fun. It's, 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 we say all the time, we are never bored. Never yeah. bored. So being in the former health insurance industry, this would be a good question for you. Um, some of the skepticism we see when we promote um, health sharing is, well, it's not health insurance. And basically there's government regulations to make health insurance companies pay for certain things. So you've got the government backing you because of these laws. And you already admitted that Sidera is voluntary. Um, You don't make anybody pay their monthly share. It's voluntary. So um, should we be nervous about that? Should we be confident that the government backs um, insurance companies and makes sure that insurance companies pay for everything because they never deny claims, right? I love the sarcasm. Um, <laughs> so, so great setup. What I am going to offer up is that coverage doesn't equal care, right? Boom. We hear that all the time. Dr. Dr. Mar- Dr. Marion Moss. Care. Oh, yep. she's 
Now she's entertaining. I, I yeah. hope you've had her on your podcast. We, we've had her on our um, podcast. Yeah. <laughs> she's such a big thinker and, and what a crusader in this space. So, you know, a mandate, um, well, it's tricky. We are not insurance. We are not tax advantaged. Um, and therefore, the government rules that apply to insurance don't apply to medical cost sharing. That said, our community makes its own rules about what's shareable and what's not shareable. And again, that is available for everyone to read and to understand in advance. So there's a lot more transparency there. Most people, when they buy insurance, don't really understand what's covered, what's not covered, what's mandated, what falls through the gap. And there's a steep learning curve there. And so when you go through the process of trying to find a better way, if you, for whatever reason, are just frustrated with the health insurance status quo, you've been burned by the system, um, or you find yourself in a place in your career where you're wanting to strike out on your own, maybe start your own company, maybe you're a member of the gig economy, and you don't have an employer-sponsored uh, plan available to you, and you've got to go out in search of an affordable solution for yourself, you've got to start all of a sudden better understanding what your choices are and what your dollars are going to buy you. When you join the Sedera community, your membership is spelled out in that process. You know, here's what's shareable, here's what's not shareable, here are our member commitments, and here's our commitment to you. And we find that our members tend to be early adopters, right? They're the ones who aren't afraid of bucking the status quo. They're the ones who are always looking for that next best thing. Um, I've actually heard it described to me by some of our members and they feel like they've found a way to hack the system. They've found that solution that maybe is the best kept secret out there and they feel really empowered after they've done their research, after they've kicked the tires, um, that, that they're on to something new. And what we hope, honestly, is, is a new wave in terms of how people approach their healthcare decision making. Again, it's not a nameless, faceless, huge corporation telling you which doctors you can and can't see. It's not doctors being told by that same company what they will be reimbursed for and at what rate they'll be reimbursed for it. But it's instead kind of a throwback to a different era where patients went to their doctor and they had one-on-one -on -one conversations about their personal health and what the best decisions were for them. And then together they made decisions about where they would seek that care. And they knew up front how much it was going to cost so they could make responsible decisions about how they were going to pay for it. Um, it's, it's almost a back-to-basics type of approach. So while it's kind of this new innovative thing, it's something that we're all already familiar with. It's just that simple, right? You, your doctor, dollars and cents, and a community that's there to back you up if and when you have those large unexpected medical expenses. I know you guys know a ton about direct primary care, like, you couldn't go to the FMMA conference and not hear all about it, but Sedera, medical cost sharing plus BPC makes so much sense for both medical memberships um, that you subscribe to, and the direct primary care is so well-equipped. If you find a great physician who works really well for you and your family, so well-equipped to manage your family's health and expectations around preventive care and things that you need to be doing proactively to stay healthy, and then if and when you have those large unexpected expenses, medical cost sharing like Sedera makes all the sense in the world to be there. And that is an entirely non-insurance approach to managing your healthcare start to finish. So I do have a question about pre-existing conditions. We get that question yeah. a lot too. What about what, how does Sedera deal with pre-existing conditions? 
Great question. So we mentioned earlier that we're not an insurance company and not subject to the same mandates that the insurance industry is. We also don't get the same tax advantage status that insurance companies get. So there's a trade-off there, right? Um, they're different rules because they're entirely different products. And it's absolutely critical to understand that going in. With regard to pre-existing conditions, we know that most Americans have some sort of, especially when you get to a certain age, some sort of health status or health concern. And the way that the Severa Medical Cost Sharing Community works around pre-existing conditions is we say there are no barriers to membership. Anyone who is willing to sign our membership principles and beliefs and our membership you know, requirements and understand our sharing guidelines is welcome to join our community. First and foremost, we encourage and welcome all. It's a very inclusive community. But with regard to pre-existing conditions, we ask that you be a member of the community and a contributing member of the community before you immediately start to take back from it. So we have a phased-in approach to how pre-existing conditions become shareable. And it happens on an annual basis. And at the end of 36 months of membership, all of your pre-existing conditions are shareable with the community. So it's a phased-in approach as opposed to, hey, I joined and I'm immediately taking because we really do want that people helping people. If you are approaching medical cost sharing just wondering what you're going to get from it, you're missing the whole point because so much of the beauty of medical cost sharing is being there to help others who are experiencing medical conditions and who need help with their medical expenses. And so I will tell you that the best part of working at Sedera is seeing the member testimonials and the gratitude that they have, not just for when their medical expenses are shared, but knowing that they get to be there for someone else in their time of need. Um, it's a really, it's a really different approach to healthcare. And it's not about just taking, it's about giving. It's sharing, right? It's sharing. There's a value in being the one who shares as opposed to being the one who is shared with. And I will tell you, we've been members of two different ones now. And um, the nice thing is, is like you said earlier, is there's a lot of um, a lot more of them popping up. So there's a lot yeah. more opportunity for individuals to do some kind of cost sharing program, one that fits in better. And that's why we changed because the one that we had before, um, we couldn't opt out of maternity coverage, for instance. And, you know, obviously my wife and I are not going to have any more kids, so we don't need to pay for maternity coverage. And we found one that that didn't, and it saved us like four or $500 a month. Um, and there's a lot of different plans out there. They're not, I know they're not insurance. I call them plans, but... Um, Hard to break this you know, habit. It is. It really is. But that's what's nice is, is it really offers a lot of freedom to what what one would work best for for each individual. Um, I think one of the one of the things that I like is I know when I was writing my book, Sickened, How the Government Ruined Healthcare and How to Fix It, I was pretty sure that one of the fixes, in my opinions, was um, that we need to get, get away from traditional health insurance. I will, I never say never, but I will never recommend traditional health insurance. Now, never say never, because for a small, 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 small population, it might be necessary. That being said, I wanted a way to uh, recommend health sharing. And at the time, when I started to write my book, there was no non-faith-based health share. 
So I could already see it that people are going to say, oh, well, yeah, but what if you don't have, you know, a statement of faith and you don't qualify and that's not fair. And and I, I kind of agree, you know, it should be an opportunity for everybody, whether they have a statement of faith or not. So I was so happy when there were other opportunities that came in, other options that were non-faith based. And so Sidera is non-faith based, correct? Correct. We, well, I say that. So we are an ethical community. And the ACA, when they designed the carve-out for healthcare sharing ministries, they talked about organizations that came together for shared ethical or religious purposes. And so we've opted to go the ethical route. Now, that said, we don't have a single federal department of insurance. We have 50 states that all regulate insurance differently. And some of those definitions of insurance are very broad speaking. The business of insurance can incorporate a lot of different activities. And so 31 states have what we call um, healthcare sharing safe harbors on the books that say, if you meet these requirements, boom, 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 we will not regulate you as insurance because you are obviously something else. Not every state has that. And um, I will tell you that because we are in a tremendous growth space, for the healthcare sharing industry, we're seeing a lot of experimentation out there. And we know that regulation lags innovation, right? You don't pass a law to go out and start a business to see if it works. You start a business, you see if there's any merit to it, if there's a market for whatever product or service you're offering. And then as you grow, laws will catch up to what it is that you're doing to elevate best practices, to create guardrails for what that industry does. And we've seen that happening right now in the medical cost-sharing space. Part of the conversations that I'm having at the state level with policymakers and regulators is around just that. How do we elevate best practices in the medical cost-sharing space? How do we intentionally design a product in an industry that is very separate from insurance? Because candidly, if you are purchasing medical cost-sharing, a membership in a health share, thinking it's cheap insurance, you're going to be horribly disappointed and you're actually going to do a disservice to that sharing community as well because your expectations are not going to be aligned with what that product or membership is delivering to you. Right. So again, we lean very heavily into education and we intentionally designed our Sidera membership to not look, feel, or sound like insurance. It's very, very difficult to confuse the two. Um, that's not the case across the industry, and we'll see how regulators continue to work with that. There have been some very high-profile high profile cases that regulators have um, elevated, and um, there's some fallout related to that. Again, we're having really transparent and open and honest conversations about how to create a viable, sophisticated industry that's going to stand the test of time. And part of that is offering up, how do we think medical cost sharing needs to be regulated? Um, we have some really strong consumer protection laws in all the states. Um, if we're not insurance, how do we? How are we regulated like a consumer product and making sure that consumers are protected from fraudulent activity or any kind of other you know mishap that would happen? And so, whether it's the attorney generals or departments of insurance, you know, having conversations with folks to make sure that we're safeguarding this industry for the long term. Well, when it comes to regulation, and specifically you're speaking of government regulation, um, I'm a big believer in free market regulation. And since, yeah, and since there are so many yes. options with health sharing, um, if Sidera or XYZ Health Share doesn't do a good job, 
they will go out of business because consumers will quit using them. Now, on the flip side of that, since the government regulators have created a monopoly in the traditional health insurance market, i.e. there's really only two or three big health insurers, the BUCAs or whatever we call them, um, consumers don't really have an option. So when the government does get into regulating an industry, um, what really happens is consumers lose and traditional health insurance is proof of that. So the last thing I want is a bunch of heavy regulation on on um, health sharing because I'll decide which health share I like. And if I don't like it, I'll go somewhere else. That is a great and fresh approach. We are also big fans of the free market and the free exchange of goods and services between a buyer and a seller. Um, I recently attended a conference hosted by Free to Care, which is another consortium of Uh organizations that are aligned around free market principles and direct care initiatives. And really, really compelling dialogue around the commoditization of healthcare and specifically the private equity dollars that are being funneled into large physician practices and to facilities and how that starts to distort that care dynamic, that direct care relationship between doctors and patients. Um, you know, as someone who worked for a large Fortune 100 company in the healthcare health insurance space, um, I have big concerns about, you know, whether or not we are empowering the right people to make decisions about our healthcare, um, at least on an individual basis. And I would offer up, you know, there's a a really interesting dialogue right now between whether or not we're going to have a private healthcare system or a public Medicare for all or public option um, system. And my experience tells me that whether it's quote unquote private or public, the same large corporations are going to be the heavy decision makers in everything that happens, right? They're going to be the ones who have the large contracts. They're going to be the ones who are building the networks and managing the claims and and we all work for them. Um, so getting back to a really simple free market system where you have buyers and sellers who are establishing what the terms of their relationship are is the fastest way I know to inject consumerism and transparency and cost savings back into the healthcare debate. It's not um, an easy task, right? Um, there are a lot of powerful interests out there. Healthcare is a, I don't know what the latest statistics are, however many trillion dollar industry, um, but we're just one company trying to make a difference and realign incentives to make sure that patients are being taken care of in a way that they can afford and that provides value for their own personal health and that of their family. I love it. And I think you guys are doing a great job and we love sharing your story. So <laughs> tell us a little bit, Jenny. Yes, that's right. Uh, tell us a little bit, Jenny. Um, what does it cost to sign up for 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 Sidera? Okay, so this is where we get out of my swim lane and into that of our amazing, talented sales team. But you can go to Sidera.com and all of our pricing is right there on our website. Um, we have multiple different uh, memberships, and the way that we're structured um, helps you to best understand what you know, you need that predictable monthly cost to be for your bottom line, right? It helps you to plan what that cost is. And there are several variations that you can approach with regard to how much you want to pay monthly versus how much you want to pay when you have a medical incident. It's your personal responsibility before you share with the community. So I would encourage anyone who wants to learn more about Sidera to go to Sidera.com for the basic information. There's a really interesting quiz that you can take to better understand if healthcare sharing makes sense for you. 
And so it's a again a tool that's designed to be really educational, a website that's really informative. Um, we have a great team here who's really invested a lot in making sure that we are giving people actionable information to best understand if medical cost sharing is the right thing for them, and if so, how to structure that membership to make the most sense for their family, both from a um, dollars you pay now versus the dollars you pay later type perspective. Well, I love it. I love what you're doing. Um, this is a very hot topic right now. You've already hit on it a little bit, but you know, there's a lot of people that have lost their jobs, so they've lost their mm -hmm. health care. And I field at least two or three questions a week now about, hey, Sean, um, I know you have some alternative ideas on traditional health insurance. What are your recommendations? So this podcast has perfect timing. I really appreciate you educating our viewers and listeners. And our, our, our goal here at Health Solutions is to educate and empower consumers to take charge of their own health. And I think you've helped us realize that goal today, Jenny. So thank you so much. Well, we share those goals. We say engage, educate, and empower all the time. Those are our <laughs> magic keywords. Um, but I really appreciate the opportunity to be here today. Thank you so much for extending the invitation. And again, um, hopefully you'll continue to hear from the talented members of our team. Awesome. I really appreciate it. So, Jenny, as we wrap this up, I want a quick question for you in 30 seconds. Oh, yeah. What do you have a passion for? What drives you? Oh, my goodness. Um, you know, when I'm not working on healthcare policy, and this sounds a little crazy, I love uh, public education. Public education policy is also near and dear to my heart. I'm a policy wonk at my core. I grew up in the Texas State Capitol working for legislators, and I am very convinced that you shouldn't only have access to the education and the healthcare that you can afford, that there is a societal and a community value in making sure that we provide the best quality education and healthcare to our community that we have to do it in a way that makes sense, both economically and that aligns with the needs of the people that we're serving. So I spent an inordinate amount of time volunteering for our local school district and being engaged not only in the classroom with my kids, um, but hopefully kind of helping to elevate a vision for how to continue to keep public education at the forefront of meeting the needs, not just of our individual little communities, but a broader society. Awesome. So I got to ask you, are you are you in Austin? Are you from Austin? I am. I am actually from your neck of the woods, Portland, Oregon, Pacific Northwest originally, but I've been in Austin for a very long time and we've seen a lot of changes here. It's a beautiful town and it's made even more vibrant by all the growth that it's experiencing right now. Okay. This is, inc this is incredible, Jenny. I, I just... <laughs> so... My wife and I are going to be in Austin like a week and a half, okay? Oh, yay! <laughs> and okay. We, would, we would love to meet you. Um, yes, so I, come yeah. to our offices. We would yeah. love that. Oh, yeah, yeah, okay, yes. I'll send you an email, okay? Please do. We I'll send you an email. You. And, and so I didn't realize Sedera was located there. Is that correct? Yes, we are headquartered in Austin, Texas. Very awesome. proud to say that we were just named for the third year in a row, one of the fastest growing companies in Austin, Texas, which is I think a really huge badge of honor because Austin is booming, especially right. in the tech space. And we are a FinTech company at our core because of the sharing platform that we use. Um, but it's, it's a great town and you are going to have so much fun. Yeah, so um, I, I will I'll send you an email and we'll coordinate something, yes. but I gotta tell you, five, five of our former podcast guests are in Austin and we're gonna meet all of them. <laughs> 
something in the water. Yeah, I I know. So Austin must be a cool place. It is a very cool place, even if you don't cheer for the Longhorns, which I do. Um, (laughs) But yes, we would love to host you at Sedera World Headquarters uh, here in Austin, Texas. I look forward to, to seeing you next week. All right. Sounds good. So, Jenny, uh, one more time, give us your website, Sedera, to get it to how to get a hold of you guys. Sedera.com. Super easy and straightforward. Awesome. Uh, but you'll I find a wealth of information there. I love it. All right. Well, thank you so much for being on today, uh, Jenny. We really Absolutely. appreciate it. Thursday, our midweek podcast, uh, 8 to 9 a.m. Uh, Pacific Standard Time, we will have Kathy Cote on. She is going to talk about menopause and weight loss. So anybody that is in menopause I'll be tuning having, in. <laughs> yeah, anybody that's having problems in menopause losing weight, which that's what we specialize at the pharmacy is menopausal uh, women and hormones. So we deal with a lot of this. You don't want to miss out. Kathy has some great uh, things going on about how to help menopausal women and weight loss. So 8 a.m. to 9 a.m. Pacific Standard Time. Uh, Health Solutions with Sean and Janet Needham. Thanks for tuning in and listening. Thank you so much. 